Hello everyone and welcome back. It's lovely to sit and speak to you again. The past couple of weeks have been super busy here at EJT HQ with online classes, workshops and this week we are running dance classes via Zoom which we haven't done yet. Um, It's a little change and a little bit of a kick in the right direction for my dancers to stay focused and motivated Um, But it would have been our show week this week, so I wanted us to be as face-to-face as we possibly could, and the only way to do that was by Zoom. But we had our first class just yesterday, and just seeing their faces made my day. It was so lovely. I have also been very hard at work. I have been busting my butt. I have been dancing around my kitchen and living room like I'm 21 again, which I am not. Let's just be very clear on that. But I've been taking lots of workshops for myself. And if anybody knows me, they'll know I'm a huge Brian Friedman fangirl. I love his uniqueness. I love his style. I love his creativeness. I love the way that he teaches. He teaches with such clarity on detail that it doesn't matter how good of a dancer you are you can do his choreography. It might take you three weeks to get it and to get the speed, but you can do it and you'll be so clear on what it is that you're, that you're meant to do and how it's meant to look. So I took a class with him where he taught the original Britney Spears choreography for Slay For You. Now, any 90s kids out there will know how iconic this choreography was and I lived my best life as if I was on tour with Britney Spears herself which if she happens to be listening to this right now I am ready babe babe I'm here I'm ready for tour I'm ready for that life and yeah hit me up email me drop me a dm I'm ready so I posted the video on Instagram tagged Brian Friedman hashtagged it as was instructed and not only did he watch me dance but he also put it on his story and liked my video well guys life made thank you and good night that's all from me ejt and um, i'll see you when i'm dancing on tour with britney spears okay so today i have abby and oliver with me on the podcast hello how are you Doing good, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, Now, Abby is a UK dancer now based in LA and you're a dancer, choreographer and creative artist. Have I missed anything out? No, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with um, how did you get into dancing and what was your journey like? Where did it start and where did you start to fall in love with everything? Yeah, so honestly, the first, I mean, the first memory I have of just being like, it's so excited by dance and knowing that it was something that I wanted to do was when I watched uh, Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. For the first oh, really? Time. I do things over here and I tell people that because they don't, uh, you know, a lot of Americans don't necessarily know of that. So it was river dance for me when I was, I think I was four or five years old and I think I'd seen it on television and that was it. I wanted to go to every river dance show I started with Irish dancing. I just like fell in love with it from that very first moment. Um, I always remember my mom told me 
that the first day I walked into the class, the class was like segmented into a, a square and it had like each corner was a different level. Uh-huh. And obviously I just started and I wasn't, I don't even think I was five years old yet. And I started in the first like little beginner square. And by the end of the class, I'd already got over to the third square. And apparently the teacher just said to my mum, there's something with her. We don't know what it is. It's too young to tell, but she has something. Was that soft shoe or was that hard shoe, Irish? It was soft shoe at the time, Because yes. that's hard. That's a... I laughed because I had no idea. In my head now, I'm like, I couldn't even tell you what the step was. I, I don't know how I knew what I was doing, but I must have just picked it up really fast. Um, yeah, so my mum was just, you know, paid it no mind. And um, But that was that. that was, dance was my life from that moment. You know, I would miss birthdays, miss parties, everything. I just wanted to be in, in dance class and I just wanted to dance all the time. And where was that in the UK? Where, where were you? Where did you grow up? Um, so I'm from Sale originally. So it's like a little town just outside of Manchester, if anyone doesn't know where that is. Okay. Um, so the school was at Sale. And then I pretty much until I was about, I want to say 18 years old, I, I uh, just trained in Sale in one of the local dance schools called Prime Dance. Um, so yeah, that was my life. <laughs> I love that. Because Irish is hard as well. Like that's, that's intimidating. I watched that and I'm like... No, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I feel as and now I watch it and I think how I wish that I had retained some more that, you know, obviously once I, I think I'd done a couple of competitions when I was very, very young and I won, I think all the trophies, my mum said, I still have them at home. Wow. And I was kind of like, I'm bored of that. And then I found freestyle dance and I went on to jazz and ballet. So I abandoned it at a very early age. And now I just wish, I'm like, I wish I retained some of that knowledge yeah no it's it's amazing so from there you went on to do your more um your classical style so like your ballet your jazz and and um yeah. freestyle and things like that so how old was you when you kind of transitioned from Irish to all of your other styles I think I was around seven or eight so I really kind of as soon as I uh, had like done my time with Irish dancing um I think I think I'd gone to like a school disco or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd met somebody that also went to this dance school. And she said, hey, you know, on Friday nights, it's kind of like just a fun dance party. And we put on music and, you know, we just dance around. So that's when I went to this new dance school and they did everything, you know, ballet, tap, jazz, modern. It was just like a really big spread. And I just did every class that I could could possibly do uh, for as long as I could, really. So you got to 18, uh, 18? and. Did you, was that then the point where you was like, right, am I going to take this further or am I going to go to college? What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Yeah, precisely. So uh, once I hit 18, you know, uh, it wasn't a time where I could keep going to these classes. I felt like a lot of the students were younger than me as well. So it was kind of at that that midpoint of, okay, do do I pursue this or do I just do it for fun and, you know, kind of move on with my life? So I went to do um, a BTEC at, I think it's called Las, uh, I think it's called Manchester City College, um, okay. if I'm remembering that right. So I did yeah. a two-year two year, um, BTEC diploma in dance. Um, but during that time, I, again, like, I was just kind of in this very transitional period of, okay, I don't know anybody around me that is a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. I don't have mm-hmm. anybody to look to. I have mm-hmm. nobody to ask for advice. You know, my parents, as supportive as they are now, did just didn't know what to do with me. Like yeah. the school, I, yeah. I was, um, I went to an amazing grammar school in Sale, and they just could not have been more displeased that I wanted to leave and and go off and pursue dance. I was I was a straight A student. Um, so even entering the the B Tech, you know, I I, sh- I could have and should have 
done more research and gone to a better school. Yes. Like, you know, a, a dance college. Um, so during the time of the BTEC, I just wasn't being challenged. I wasn't given the right tools that a person who wants to be a professional mm-hmm. dancer is given. Mm-hmm. They, they just did not, unfortunately, provide us with that. Mm-hmm. So already about a year into the two-year diploma, I'd already started applying for universities and kind of had settled my brain on, you know, what. Uh, I'm going to, you know, keep this as a hobby. I just don't think this is achievable. I have no advice to look to and I'll just do uh, the normal route. So I applied at uh, Manchester Met and I ended up starting a degree uh, in events management. So okay. I still wanted to kind of go into the, the uh, creative field, but yeah. more on the admin, the admin side. Yeah, it's amazing how the choices that you make and like just going on to that BTEC. I started a BTEC um, when I was, so I live in Scotland now. And um, I grew up in Essex and uh, I started a BTEC and I honestly, I wish I had the, um, I wish I had the guts to audition for a proper school. I just didn't think that I was good enough. So I was like, I'll just go and do a BTEC, like it will be fine. But it was so like, I mean, they did their best, but it wasn't what I what I built built myself up for and like yeah. hoped and dreamed it would it like it would be yeah. and then and I think um like you're saying about the the bigger schools I always see is the advertisement and you get the package for Erdang and you get the package for the school you always see the finished product yeah you for never sure get to remember that they're looking for potential they're not looking for a finished we product. we speak about this a lot I've got a lot of girls that want to do this as a career and have wanted to do this as a career and go and audition for these colleges and they're like oh but I'm not sure if I'm good enough to audition for that college and the, the point that I try and make to them all the time is that you're not meant to be the finished product. You're meant to be right. something that they can go, right, okay, yeah, we can work with you. You've got something about you. Right. You're trainable. Right. You know, you're not, you're not meant to be perfect to go to college. You're just meant to have something yeah. for them to work with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely it. And, uh, but they get it in their heads that... Um, you know that you have to be perfect already perfect before you even before you've even started you know when you think about it as an when you grow older you think that's insane no one would ever expect that of you but as a young person you see you know you don't get to see that beginning stage and the people that you're maybe competing against might be more further ahead in their dance Mm -hmm. training or they might just have some people are just born with that confidence of just being like I am the best and it can be very intimidating if you're not quite there yet or you haven't received that professional level of training yet but I agree with you it's um it's about uh, I think the most important thing is are you ready to work I think when they go in in audition and they see someone who has that passion and they think this person is going to give everything to this course of course you'll be moldable and you'll be buildable in that in that state of mind you know I think that is such a good like a good thing to say like are you ready to work you do need to ask yourself that question because I can't I ended up then when I came up to Scotland I went to another dance college and although it wasn't very big it gave me what I needed um teaching wise because I knew that's what I wanted to do um so yes from there you kind of watched a lot of people especially in a small town oh I'll just go and do dancing because that sounds fun and yeah. then not realize the level of hard work that you have to put in, you know, on yeah. a day-to-day basis. Oh, I'll just go and do a dance course because, you know, I'm not doing anything else and I've got a free year and I'll just, I'll just dance. It'll be fine. And you're like, mm, okay, yeah. hun. 
Let's <laughs> not know. Yeah. No, that's not how it is. It's <laughs> not how it is. So, um, how did you then transition from the UK to LA? How did you get there? What was that journey like? And how did you come to that decision to go all the way to America? Yeah, so it was honestly a big back and forth random journey. So I started my course in events management. Um, six months in, I just hated it. I was just so uninspired. Um, even the course, I don't know what it is about, um, not necessarily England, maybe I'm just speaking from my experience at Manchester Met, but the course was so not hands-on. Mm-hmm. Like I entered that course thinking, you know, I get to be creative, I can run events, you know, I can I can get my hands dirty. Yeah. As soon as I started that course, I was like, why am I learning theories of this? And why am I in a math class? And, you know, I just, six months in, it was just so not what I expected. Um, and I was already ready to kind of get out, but I committed to it. And, um, you know, in England, once you commit to a degree, there's no, you can't change your degree Mm-mm. program. You can't decide to take another a course. It doesn't no. work like that. You've already committed to it. So I found out from, uh, a, I think it was one of my lecturers that they had a study abroad opportunity okay. um, for the second year for events management. And they didn't really give us the information. I had to kind of like find it out by myself. And I think I got my application in like five minutes before the, the deadline. I think I just found out about it a day before. So I didn't know where this was going to be. I had no idea about what the program would be, but I thought, you know what, let me, let me just go for it. I, I can't be here. I need to do something. I, I need to experience a different way of learning. So I put my application in. I'm one of the only people to get selected. I don't know if it was just look at the draw or yeah. maybe nobody applied. I'm not sure. So I get my letter and they say, okay, you're going to be going to Greenville, North Carolina. I said, oh, what? Wow. Where? You know, <laughs> everybody else got sent to New York and I'm going to Greenville, North Carolina. And I had to think about four months to, to prepare. And I was on a plane with one suitcase arriving in this tiny town in yes. America. So I was yeah. just like, all right, let's, let's do it kind of thing. Um, I got there, had the absolute best year of my life. I had the ultimate American college experience. The classes there were very hands-on. Um, and the amazing thing was when you sign up over, uh, over here in America, if you do a degree program, you can pick your modules. So even if you pick seven different modules that have nothing to do with the degree course, that's up to you because you're the one that's paying for it. Amazing, so if you yeah. Need to do seven years of college because you decide to do different modules or you decide to change. That they're fine. They're like, well, you're paying me every yeah, semester. Do what you, you want, know? yeah. So I decided to say, well, can I take a dance class? Like, can I take a jazz class? So I got accepted into one of the jazz classes. Um, I remember the woman said, "Why are you here? You're doing events management." I just told her I was like, "I need to dance. Like, you know, I, uh-huh. I need this." Um, so I ended up in this jazz class and just it just reignited my entire spark for dance. It was just something about the, 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 I mean, the lecture that we had was just like absolutely amazing. Um, so, uh, so that's what kind of just ignited me straight back into dance. I ended up doing two or three classes a week. She, she could see that I really needed it, I think. So she actually let me join more classes that I wasn't even registered for. Um, so I completed that until the end of, uh, you know, my year there, just made so many friends, had an amazing time. Uh, so I came home and um, literally Googled jazz classes Manchester. Wandered my way into this um, this incredible jazz class in this uh, Studio Twenty Five. It was called in uh-huh. Manchester um, with these two women, and they just kicked my butt. And and that was it. I was um, I mean I was doing part time jobs and stuff like that, but I was just like basically putting myself through a new intensive way of training. I was taking hip hop, jazz. Um, any class that, again, any class that I could take, but I just decided I'm just going to go for it. And, um, you know, 
I, I felt like I was too old to reapply for a dance college. So I mm-hmm. thought, I'm just going to take all the classes I can. I'm going to take all the workshops. I'm going to go back and forth from London. Um, I'm just going to do what I can, you know, with the resources that I have. Um, honestly, I didn't even really think of it as, as much of a profession until I started actually just booking local jobs. Um, okay. And like doing the odd music video. I started teaching classes and all that kind of and stuff. And this is all in um, Manchester and in the UK? All in Manchester, yes. And then, um, long story short, I kind of just ended up, same thing, I just started getting bored again. And I, I, I'm a big traveler and I just felt, you know, I need a trip. So um, I had some money saved up. So I think it's about five years ago now, I decided, okay, you know, what? I'm going to go on a solo trip to LA. I'm going to take some classes. I'm just going to explore, see the beaches. It'll be really Love fun. That. So this was not like a predominantly, this was not a work trip at all. Like, no. I knew that I would take some classes, but I really just wanted to go and you know, enjoy the weather and have a, have a good time. So I booked my month ticket to LA. Um, I just went by myself, uh, booked like a little hostel in, in North Hollywood. And about two days into the trip, I was just like, oh, this, this is it. This, this is, is it. This, this is where I need to be. I have been looking for my entire life. This is where I'm meant to be. I just felt so at home, not knowing anybody. I didn't know anything about the place. It was just so backwards of what you think a home would feel like, but I just fell in love with it so quickly. And everything in my body just told me, you need you need to be here, you have to be here. Because the dance scene in, in LA and in, in America is so different to over yeah. here. So how how would you compare the two and how how are they different? How in your in your opinion, how do you think the two, the two compare to each other? So for me, um, and I, I want to be clear, I'm speaking from a position when when I was in England, I wasn't that top level dancer. So I was never really that booked dancer in a, in America, sorry, in England that was doing the X Factor, that was doing yeah. all those. I was kind of one step below. So I was doing yeah. the local jobs. I would say I was a just before I moved to LA. I would say I was about six months to a year out of being that that dancer and you know being with the Dancers Inc. and and, and kind of being at that at that competitive level. Yeah. So I moved out just as I was kind of hitting that. Now, when I came to America, um, I just felt like it was so much more open. Like here, it's very, very competitive. There are hundreds of thousands of dancers, but there's also hundreds of thousands of artists, hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of TV shows, small shows, big shows. The, The variety and level of entertainment is so huge that even as someone who in England would maybe have been considered a small fish, you would think, okay, well, if you came out to America, I'm going to be an even smaller, smaller fish. fish. I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. Work. Um, but I found I just I started working absolutely instantly. I, I kind of was just fearless with it. I put myself out there. I would respond to things I saw on Facebook. Um, I would go on like Craigslist, which is like this weird little job site, uh-huh. um, and I would just respond to people and say, hey, I'll do it, you know. And I, I would kind of do it for a couple hundred dollars here and there. Um, and it just started so instantly, and I feel like. In, in England, I was always trying to get to this place where I was working those jobs. And I felt like it, it, there was this barrier of either you're in or you're out. Like, yeah. So like long story short, in, in my opinion, as a, as a person who wants to choreograph and dance and just kind of enter the industry and be working and not waiting for that one X Factor audition, um, I just feel like here people are very open to giving you an opportunity. You know, you obviously you have to build your reel and you have to get your work together and the more work that you do, the bigger the opportunity you get. But I felt like as a new person to the town, I felt so surprised at the level of acceptance and the level yeah. of welcoming that I had from people who were already in the industry. They said, oh, you're new? Okay, here, well, 
you know, I mean, here we have Carnival, we have Jeté, we have... Yes, I've seen, I've seen all of that. It's incredible. So, you know, because they can't always use the, the heavily working dancers because everyone's so busy, as a newcomer, they say, they'll see you in their class and they'll say, hey, you want to you wanna do this show? And you, you say, absolutely, I do. And you just get so integrated so quickly that it's it's really amazing and just not not what I expected from coming here. That's so that's easy. totally not what I what I expected you to say either. Yeah. I because because the like you said over here. I mean, I've got a few of my um, old students that are like auditioning and things like that, and it is very much like you're either in or you're out. You're either yeah. you're either in the circle or you're not in the circle, and and you know, and yeah. there's thousands and thousands of people after the same jobs, um, yes. and I just expected that to be double the size in America. You're like exactly the same, but just like double the competition. Um, but so that's super yeah. surprising that you that it was so open and so accepting and so, and I guess you're right. Like. I didn't think, it, like you said, there's so many more opportunities because there's so many artists and there's so many lo- creating all these opportunities and there's there's more room for everybody to yeah. to be and to do what they need to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, as you do get here and if you are that kind of person that is happy to, to build up the resume, you know, I never really advertise working or dancing mm-hmm. for free. But if you are starting out and you have absolutely nothing on your resume, you might have to be that person that turns around and says, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to give myself three jobs to do for free. I'm going to get the footage. I'm, you know, I'm going to do the yes. best job that I can. Um, I'm going to let them know that I'm entering this industry. Um, you know, and it's just, there's so many opportunities out here to, to do that, that I think it just helps you kind of get on your way faster. Whereas England, it's like, there's either a paid job or there's not really those opportunities where you can enter as a newer dancer and say, look, I know I have the skills. I don't mm-hmm. have the applicable skills to be on a TV set yet, but I, how can I get there? Or how can I do something on stage to to show you that I, I am ready to be paid to do this? Yeah. So. No, I think yeah. over here it's very much like, right, I've booked her before, um, so I'm just going to book her again. Yeah, which I get. And it's, you know, it's having that level of trust and, and time. And, you know, especially now, like, there's going to be less auditions because, yes. of, you know, health and safety concerns. People want to work with people that they trust. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, how do we get our younger dancers opportunities to, to, to show and to demonstrate that without them immediately booking the X Factor straight out of college? It's, right. I feel like there needs to be that mid-level of opportunity so people can feel like it's a little bit more accessible to them. For sure. So, um, obviously, things have been put on pause and things have been put on hold. But what was or what are you currently doing right now Um are you teaching? Are you choreographing? What What are you doing? What are your plans like at the moment? Yeah, so uh, it was funny. Honestly, the, the first three months of this year were the busiest three months of my year. I was just on a show every single day. So it was amazing. Um, as the pandemic hit, I was supposed to be doing shows in Canada. So uh, one of my artists, um, we had a big, big shows lined up in Canada. So I was flying over there to choreograph and dance in those shows. So um that was gonna be kind of my quarantine period um luckily uh, i have a couple of artists that are still working on music videos so right now we're just doing zoom um zoom rehearsals rehearsals yeah um but aside from that it's very much on hold um i really wasn't so interested on teaching uh, in teaching on zoom because i don't really teach out here very occasionally 
So um, it's been a big, interesting pause, but I've really just been like taking the time to keep working out. And um, I've been doing a lot of like, explore, like I've been walking around different places in LA and hiking and, you know, our beaches are open now. I so. bet there are some beautiful things as well over there. So many nice things. So I've kind of been seeing it as like a little LA staycation and, um, you know, redid my apartment, uh, hanging out with the dog. So love kind of, that. Kind of nice to have a pause moment because uh, it's been all systems go since I very first got here. So. Oh no, I love that. Um, I think that one thing that I have noticed about in, when I sit here in the UK and I compare um, America and UK, and obviously I, I predominantly teach, is that the level of the kids and the standard of the kids in America is like five million times higher and more... Yeah like not even advanced I can't even call it advanced they're just ahead of their time they're almost dancing like a 20 year old dancer and you're like Mm -hmm. you're five how are you doing that yeah how are you doing like and I just wondered whether you whether there was is the training different out there is the is the is the is the frame of mind and the mental um kind of focus different out there and are they more um, like if you want to focus on dancing, do they do a lot of homeschooling and things like that? Like how does, do you know, I don't know if you have any friends that have, that have yeah. kind of grown up through dance or anything like that. I mean, uh, it's just so different out here. Like I think it's the general knowledge and understanding of a, of a career in the arts seems to be much more understood here. So from what I can see around me is that the parents that have kids that have decided they wanted to get into entertainment and also sometimes there's a lot of parents out here that have also been in entertainment and have passed that directly up to their kids. It's not a sense of, hey, you want to be a dancer? Okay, like we'll take you to the local school one time a week and we'll see what happens. It's like if that parent already has the belief or already understands the entertainment industry, they know mm-hmm. the level at which they, they need to be at. So they'll kind of like wholeheartedly push them into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen dance moms, like the level of technical training they get out here and even in the local schools is to me so much higher than it is in the UK but at the same time you hear so many stories of kids that hit 16 and 18 are, and are just done they don't want to dance anymore they want to go out and hang out with their friends, friends they want to yeah. have a normal high school experience they don't want to be homeschooled so it's like on the flip side it's like yes can it be too people, intense too early yeah they get very intense here and it's like you know if you wholeheartedly know that that's what you, what you want to do that's great but it also can seem to be extremely pressurizing. Like I see a lot of the younger ones out here, like they are receiving so much pressure from their parents. And you have to wonder if that's, you know, are they choosing to do it? Are they being forced into do it? Or is it a balance? So I yeah. think, it, you know, we, we see these amazing kids, but you have to remember that like, they probably don't really have much of a social life. You know, they're, they're training every single day. They're, they're surrounded by adults. So they're growing up so fast ahead of their time without really getting to be a, a regular kid so but like, if you if you lose that passion and if you, you I think dance is one of those things that the minute you you lose the passion for it there's really no point anymore um because yeah. that's the thing that's gonna I think drive you because it's tough it's a tough industry whatever part of dance or whatever branch you just decide to take it's it's tough it's tough going and you have to work hard at it and I think if you don't have that passion and you don't have that undying love for it, yeah, 
there's there's really no point. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. If, if that gets beaten out of you too young, then it's um, you know you never you're not going to want to do it when, once you've done a couple of jobs. You're going to be done, and especially people who want to be dancers and then maybe move on to choreographing, artistic directing. Like you're going to lose that love for the whole industry so early, and I don't know if that's uh, necessarily healthy. You know? Exactly, and I have found um, like. I found, because a lot of people have said to me, oh, how has lockdown, like, how's, how's it been for you? And I honestly can tell you that lockdown has been an absolute saviour. Like, it has saved my, like, me mentally. It has saved my yeah. business. Like, I was getting to that point with, with the pressure. Um, we've just, I just recently took over my studio. So I've got my own studio. Um, we're yeah. quite a small town, but there's a lot of dance schools in our small town. I would say there's about yeah. nine um but um it's great I mean we had such a good thing and we classes yeah. were busy and I'm just by myself I don't have any other teachers with me oh, and wow. I was getting to that point where I was almost slightly dreading going to work I was like oh, I'm exhausted like I don't know if I've got yeah. the energy today I don't know if I've got the patience and then yeah, lockdown yeah. happened and it made me realize why I love my job so much yeah. And I'm taking like cl I'm taking classes with like Brian Friedman on on like Instagram lives and yeah. like with choreographers from other countries that I would never have been able to do and reminded me yeah. of that passion and and has relit it for me so that I can go back as a teacher and yeah. continue to to put that into the students because I think if if yeah. I was as a teacher I think if I was unmotivated and uninspired then they're going to just, they're just going to feel the same. Feel and that's... That too. Yeah, if you aren't walking in, like, rejuvenated and excited, like, you know, you're not passing on the best energy that you can. But like you said, you're human. You can't do this for years and years and not give back to yourself. So for sure. that's amazing. No, I think lockdown has honestly, it's been one of the, one of the best eye-opening times for me. Um, and it's yeah. like, and in terms of like, just having the courage to connect with other people and reaching out to other people and doing things like the podcast and stuff like that and yeah. experiencing other things it's just it's been like the best it's just been yeah. so so good um I was noticing on your Instagram I was having a little nosy for your Instagram um yeah. you put up a post was it yesterday or just the other day it's just your most recent post and you spoke about body image and you said the most like amazing little but you said the end goal will never really be the end goal I love that and you spoke so truly about body image which I think is such is still a subject that not a lot of people want to talk about and I, yeah. I still have a, I promote so, so much healthy body images to my dancers yeah. because I was never the stereotypical dancer yeah. and what that she should look like and yeah. I, I promote such a I try and get them to be strong and to look strong and to you know really implement that you can still see that background like little demon saying oh no you need to look a certain way and you need to be a certain way and you need yeah. to have this look about you yeah. and that look about you and I think that yeah I think it's starting to change and I think that dance is starting to yeah. be more diverse yeah in terms of now. yeah um I just wondered if you, uh, what what your thoughts on that? What's it like in America? Is there that 
the stigma on body type and and things like that and what's that like over there yeah so it was funny when I came to I mean I never really struggled with my body image per se in England I just knew that I was never the 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 stick thin thing that I kept seeing so I, every time I would watch a show or every time I would go to an audition or, or see images of dancers it was this flat rake and I if you see my Instagram I'm very curvy I've always been a very curvy individual like I try and keep myself fit as I can yeah, especially exactly. you know, through dance but I'm I'm not stick thin you know it's it's just not how my body is, is designed so especially in England I mean so one of the things that would put me off from even going to the, the X Factor auditions would be me be me looking at the other hundred people I would watch the videos from the year before I think you yeah. know they, they publicized the X Factor and I would watch it and I wouldn't barely be able to, to spot one person that would reflect my body image even yeah. though I knew I was healthy and my you know yeah. I, I have the, the strength that I need to do it so it was funny when I moved out to America, it was almost the flip side. Um, they were just coming around to this thing of you have to be curvy. You know, oh, wow. it was like, yeah. it was such a flip. Like that, that, um, that curvy image was really what was being promoted. But now on the flip side of that, now I think with social media and TikTok and Instagram, I'm watching it go to this, again, unobtainable, unattainable version of curvy. This is that you have to have a six pack abs, you have to have small boobs. You have to have a really perfect large butt because that's apparently the thing. Long, lean legs, a perfect makeup. So um, one of the reasons I've been posting this on my Instagram is I've uh, once quarantine started, one of my goals was really to just keep, you know, get my body in shape and lose some weight. And I kind of got a little bit obsessive with it, to be honest, because I had really not much else to, to think about. Yeah. So um, an amazing woman out here who's also, I think she dances, I think she dances for Jason Derulo. She's called Kayla Brenda. Okay. Um, she started um, a couple of days ago, a body love course. And it was designed for dancers, but also for anybody in general. So she's been like setting us these challenges and we've been doing classes every day um, and just basically promoting a healthy body image. And, and that's one of the things that I've been thinking about these last few days. It's like, I already lost the weight that I wanted to lose. Um, I already, you know, I already hit my goals, but I still haven't been happy. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was at, a, uh, I was over at a friend's, probably shouldn't say this, but um, I have a couple of friends and we've been quarantining together because we're all here without our families. So I was over at a friend's and we had, um, we rented a house and we got away a couple of days ago and I had my bikini on and I had so, you know, everyone was like, oh my God, you, you look amazing. I would die. I would die for that curvaceous body of yours. And in my head, I, before I even stepped outside, I was already picking apart. Mm -hmm. Well, I want, you know, my stomach to be flatter and I wish I didn't have this cellulite on my leg. And I'm, you know, just trying to, trying to feel more healthier about myself because it's not, there is no end goal. There like, is you know, no, you no. Weight, you'll find something else or you'll see somebody else on social media that has something more perfect, perfect yeah. than you. And it's, everybody is struggling with the same thing, but we now have this thing that's thrown in our faces on a daily basis, showing us what we should look like or what we can look like if we just don't eat this food or if we work out six times a week. And it's just, it's not, it's just not obtainable. It's not. Um, you you see these pictures, but you don't see the level or what they did to get there or, yeah. you know, the, the amount of work that they did to get there. And you're like, well, maybe if I like, you know, do this and, and I should look like that within like yeah. a little while and then it doesn't happen. And you're like, well, why is it not happening for me? But well, it's because everybody's be body is so different. Yeah. 
your body cannot achieve a certain shape sometimes physically. And anytime I'm telling you, we want to, if the dancers are watching this back home and they have, they follow people from America, especially anybody that's a celebrity or even the, the Instagram celebrities, they have had work done. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to be here and to, to see how normal it is. So even if they have like, you know, their cheekbones look just a little bit higher than yours or their, their lips just look that little bit bigger than yours. Like, it's so normal here to see people walking around. Just when I go to get coffee, you will see people that in a picture, you can't necessarily see that they've had work done, but they have. Yeah. And it's just like, when you're looking at these pictures, they are they are just not a true representation of what a body looks like. And the amount of airbrushing and editing that people can do from their phones now, it's just... Crazy. You know, I, I have... I have an, I have a friend and she's um, she's stunning. She's a curvy girl. She's absolutely beautiful. But I've watched her change her picture in front of me, and I just, wow yeah you know it, it shocked me to my core because I used to look at her pictures and think wow how does she have such a slim waist but such big hips like how does she do that yeah. and then I watched her change her entire image and I, that's when I really realized everything you see on social media is just not it's not as it appears and we have to take it with a grain of salt and um and actually recently because of the challenge that I'm doing the body look challenge um one of our challenges was to unfollow any toxic accounts that make you feel less than when you look at them so that was a lot of fitness accounts a lot of bodybuilding yeah. accounts um celebrity women who you know do live in LA and can afford that lifestyle of, mm-hmm. of having a personal trainer and um, I have followed all of them and even just for a few days it's been so nice to not be bombarded with these images of, of perfect women no I day. love that I love 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 that because um I think you can be your own worst enemy at times and I think yeah. you can put such a ridiculous amount of pressure on yourself and I spoke about in one of the last um podcasts to not, and it sounds ridiculous, but to not set your expectations so high. Sometimes we can set them so ridiculously high that it's we are never going to achieve them. And then you're only going to beat yourself up when you don't get to where you want to be. Because like you said, um, there, is no, there is no end goal. There will never be an end goal. Especially if you're a dancer, because nothing's ever perfect nothing's ever perfect and you'll spend your entire life beating yourself up and then before you know it you're 40 and you all you wish is that you go back to you know being 20 or being 30 or whatever it is and you think wow I had this amazing body and I was so young and you know you and you spend your whole years just trying to be somebody else and it's just not possible it's not it's not um just before we finish I have got a little quick fire round of questions to ask you so first thing that comes to your head what was the last dance class you took? Um, I took a class from Kayla Brenda uh, yesterday. It was a sensual movement class. Favourite dance style? Jazz funk. Dream job? Ooh, choreographing a world tour. Oh, I love that. For a female artist. Not I love that. <laughs> um, least favourite dance style? Least favourite dance style? Mm tap because I've just never been able to do it <laughs> oh so hard. it is hard it is hard um heels or feels feels what's your go-to dance rehearsal snack Ooh, uh usually a protein bar and an apple favorite feel-good song uh oh I, lo- 
I caught a pop. I love it. Love that. Favorite love musical. Favorite musical. Oh, Chicago has to be Chicago. We have actually got a Chicago workshop happening um, on Tuesday okay. with the dance captain from the oh, show, and he's teaching us the Hot Honey Rag choreography. Oh, that's so excited. That's so exciting. That's amazing. <laughs> um, describe your dance style in three words. Um, fierce, strong, and clean. I love that. Clean, yes. Love that. Like, love that so much. Thank you. Oh, in fact, before we go, could you just tell everybody how to find you on social media, on your Instagram? How can everybody keep up with what you're doing and connect yeah. with you? Yes, so I'm mainly on Instagram. My Instagram is at Abby Ann Oliver 2, so number two. So it's A-B-I-A-N-N-E-O-L-I-V-E-R 2. Um, and if you guys, like, follow me or you want to message me or ask me anything, feel free. My uh, my inbox is always open and I clearly have nothing but time <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. Um, I also have a YouTube and it's youtube.com slash Abby Ann Oliver. And I've been putting some videos up and some random stuff on there too. Perfect. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again for joining me for another episode of the podcast. I hope you have the most lovely week and I hope the sun is shining. I hope that you dance lots and just enjoy life. Set an alarm, get up, get things done and yeah, go for it. Live your best life. Lots of love.